Good morning and welcome inside the studio for today's ESPN-UP Saturday Morning Coaches Show. Danner Hoops with you in the studio, joined by Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal. Uh, played a breakdown from Friday night, week six, high school football up here in the UP. Uh, pretty good night for the area, going 4-1. and one, The only loss coming to another area team, so <laughs> it works. You yeah, know, we'll take that. Yeah, two, uh, two area teams taking on each other last night at... Uh, end up getting out of control kind of quickly. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think that discounts uh, the other team. I think uh, Gwen's battling some injuries right now. Um, their quarterback is playing with an ACL injury. He's hobbling around, did the best he could. Um, he can't really plant off his right mm-hmm. foot, to, uh, right leg to throw. So sometimes the passes were underthrown and uh, kind of easily to defend. So that's not on him. Um, they're just they're hurting right now. They still have a chance to get in the playoffs. They they need two to make it in for sure, but they need to at least get one to be on the bubble. So I think they got it in them. You know, just <laughs> you know, I think it was just kind of a tough matchup to face uh, Ishpeming, who's just been rolling so far this year. When you think about it, if they can pick up one or two here in the final three weeks of the season. Uh, maybe they get Anderson back toward the end of the year. They start getting a little more healthy heading into the playoffs. They can be as dangerous as they were in the first three or four weeks of the season. Yeah, there's definitely weapons there. Um, you know, Tucker Taylor is probably the best, you know, big guy receiver out there. I would put him one of the best in the, you know, the UP, you know, probably a dream team selection in my opinion. And uh, <laughs> the guy can make plays. He made two really nice catches, but unfortunately he's usually double covered or triple covered. Mm-hmm. And when he's your main receiver, it's like, you know, and you got a lot of injuries, you kind of know where the pass is going to be too. So, um, you know, I think Wynn's still a good team. It's just the injuries are starting to show that, you know, even if you have some talent on your team, if you don't have a deep roster, it's going to have an effect on you. But, uh you know, just things got out of control, but uh, I don't think that's just a complete statement on, like, Gwen is a bad team. I think they're just struggling with the injury bug. Well, and I agree with that as well, and it's a culture change that we've seen over the last few years. How many years ago was it they were canceling the last five games of their season due to lack of numbers, and <laughs> now here they are. They're off to, you know, one of their best starts uh, since the late 90s, and, you know, there's talent on that team, maybe not necessarily – uh, depth, but they're changing the culture yeah. over there. They're going to be a team that if they get healthy going into the playoffs, no one's going to want to match up with them. Two years ago, they ended a long playoff drought, and uh, with a great you know playoff berth, kind of energized the community. The Marquette County kind of got behind them. It uh, it, it was great to see. Um, last year, injuries hurt them. This year, <laughs> they got off to a good start. Now injuries are starting to hurt them. It, uh, but kids seem to like to play football there now um dan's done a good job getting kids interested um they they just need to keep building i mean it's you know i think once you start establish winning you'll get more and more kids to come out and uh they're 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 doing that you know they're winning games and when you start winning you get kids to want to play football um and you know maybe they'll have the turnouts eventually that you know like ishming and agani and you know they get every year this is you know it's just a little bit they just got to wait a little bit and i think it'll come we uh, flip the calendar to october for next week and we see the final three games coming up for gwyn norway west iron county and munising uh some of those 
are pretty, I would say, evenly matched games. Uh, West Iron County will be the toughest of those three. Uh, but Gwynn has to get at least one, preferably two. And if they can get in, that's where the magic happens. They just got to be healthy when it happens. Yeah, it. Uh, you know, you you look at it. Western County is going to be a tough one. They're probably a playoff team. Uh, Norway is doable. Um, you know, they're. I think they're not quite as sharp as uh, people thought they'd be this year. So maybe that's one. Munising is. <laughs> Munising is hard to predict. They'll look really good one week, and then the next week not so great. So, but you know. You're, at that point, if they're your last game, you know, Munison could be fighting for a playoff spot too. So that's gonna, actually going to be a pretty competitive one. So, I, yeah, it's uh, going to be going to be an interesting stretch for Gwen. I think they can do it, but uh, they just need to if they get like just one guy back. <laughs> I think that'll help quite a bit. You know, and I know they aren't going to use anything as an excuse or what have you, but. Uh, I mean, it does hurt when you got to go down. You lose some talented athletes like they have. You know, it's not been depth guys they've been losing to injury. These are some of their star firepower guys that they've been losing to injury. Uh, but nonetheless, that coaching staff I know is not going to take anything for an excuse. Uh, once again, Ryan Steeg for the Binding Journals in studio with us for the Saturday Morning Coaches Show. Uh, you'll hear from the five area coaches. We tried reaching Dion Brown. Uh, he's generally the first one to start. Uh, was not able to get through to him. We'll see if we can make that happen throughout the show. Nonetheless, we'll do our best to break down <laughs> Gwyn, what, uh, what we know about him. You got a first-hand look yeah. at him last night. Yeah, it, uh, it just got out of control early because, you know, I felt bad for Austin Forbes because he's sitting there and he's trying to gut out a knee injury <laughs> and trying to do the best he can, but because, you know, he can't plant his th- – his passes are starting to get underthrown. Ishming ended up picking up four passes in the first half, um, and I think three of them led to scores. It just, uh, it was just, <laughs> once you get behind by that much, you have to pretty much adapt your game plan, and they're just trying to chip their way back. Um, they had a good drive to close out, you know, the first half. It looked like they were going to score. But, uh, we're, you know, they had a sack, and uh, they were hit with a penalty, and it just it pushed them out of range to be able to get in. I mean, they went for it on fourth down and came close, but they were stopped a little short of the goal line. So they went into the half getting shut out. They did get a late score on a nice run by Taquan, Star- Taquan Stearns. Um, kid's got some good breakaway speed, um, but uh, just – he he became kind of like the go-to guy in Tucker Taylor, and uh, when Ishming's defense was a to key on key in on them, uh, so it uh, was a rough night for Gwyn. Um, no, I I hope they can come together because I love it when the Marquette County teams like they all make the playoffs. Um, they're so close; just need to get one to even be in consideration. So uh, I think they can do it. But if they can just get one guy, like I said, one guy back, a key guy, that will help them out quite a bit. Let me ask you this. Does a 5-4 and four Gwyn team, when you take all things into consideration, the injuries and what have you, and I know there's a ton uh, that goes into it as far as who else finishes 6-3, and 5-4, and four, what have you, but a 5-4 and four Gwyn team, uh, when you take into account everything that's happened this year, how appealing is that going to look to the selection committee? You never know. <laughs> you really don't, because it's like I've seen teams get in over others that maybe shouldn't have, and then, you know, you see good teams, you know, who maybe just had 
you know, were battling injuries, and it's not entirely their fault, but they did enough to potentially get in. They don't get in, so that could be the case for Gwen. Or um, maybe they'll look at, hey, despite the injuries, they still got enough wins. You know, maybe they deserve a shot. So it's hard to say. Um, I hope they can get to six. <laughs> but if they can at least get one more, that's at least under consideration. And, uh, you know, kind of a, you know, moral victories aren't really out of, you know, used a whole lot. But, you know, if you manage to finish above 500 in a year where you're battling a lot of injuries, I mean, that's something you can take with you, <laughs> you know, into the next season. It kind of reminds me of last season's, or I should say earlier, this spring's NCAA basketball selection situation where Notre Dame was on the bubble and trying to get in with all those injuries they had, and they still were right there. And fortunately for them, they didn't. Gwynn hoping for a better result than what happened to them. But to me, I just see so many similarities there. Yeah, it uh, <laughs> it's... It is, you know, basketball and football are different sports, but if you're sitting there on the bubble and, you know, you're playing the waiting game, you know, you, you kind of hope for, like, a sympathy thing for, uh, you know, some of the voters to get you in. It, uh, you know, we'll see. I hope they manage to get in, but it's going to, they're, they're either going to need to come together and get some guys back from injuries and get those two wins, or they're going to need some help. And, uh, you know, if they get five, they're going to have to have, couple guys get upset or something like that or go through a you know a losing skid so we'll see what happens to me i think this is one of the better years that marquette uh, county football is looking at for a long time i mean you've got uh two teams in my opinion that are locks to make the postseason and potentially <laughs> things got something's got to go right but all five of them could potentially make the postseason i mean football here is about as good as it's been in a long time yeah usually it's like tour two or maybe three teams, you know, uh, doing well enough to make the postseason. But I guess we saw last night, Ishming's in. Westwood, you know, at you know, is at least on the bubble now. You know, they'll probably get in. All they need is one more. And you have, you know, Nagani's now three and three. <laughs> so they're getting together. They need to get at least two more wins to be considered. And then you have Marquette, I believe, is now three and three yeah. as well. So... I think the GNC, you know, if Marquette ends up winning the GNC, which is a distinct possibility now mm -hmm. with Menominee and Kingsford both being down, and they beat Escanaba, mm -hmm. and Gladstone's down. And they're so, the only 2-0 team. Yeah, so if that were to happen, that I think that clinches them even if they get five, just mm -hmm. because you won, your, <laughs> you won your conference. At least you should be getting a postseason spot. So um, you know, I think that'll help Marquette, but if they can get – you know, they, can, they need to at least get to five to even be considered. You can win your conference and still not get to five, and you're not going to even be looked at. <laughs> you know, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But it's it'd be great if you can get all five. You know, but you could potentially you know potentially get all five, but realistically, I think you're going to get at least three. So we uh, will have a lot more coming up on that throughout the day. Uh, we've been. Focusing on Gwen here in the early portions of the show. Uh, Dion Brown unable to be reached Saturday morning. Uh, so you mentioned Nagani, and we have Paul Jacobson on tap to come up next on the show. And we'll hear from him on the other side of this break. This is the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Danner Hoops, Ryan Stieg in studio. We are joined by uh, Nagani head football coach Paul Jacobson. 
Uh, Coach, as always, appreciate you being here, and congratulations on a great win last night. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. Great night for football here in Nagani. Paul, what was the key last night? I, it looked like a blowout pretty much on the scorebook, but what, what, what stood out to you the most? Man, you know what? Um, first of all, just a, just a great week. You know, homecoming week, I always, I always cringe when we get into homecoming week because there's so much going on that you can you can lose focus of a team real easily. And um, just the atmosphere the whole week uh, up at the high school, uh, pep assembly was, was, was fantastic bar none. Um, great band. Uh, cheerleaders got the whole student student section going. It was just a uh, just an awesome pep assembly, and be able to take that energy from the auditorium and, and bring it on the field last night, I think was 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 fantastic, and that's what we wanted to do. You know, we thought we played well against Hitchmarine, well enough to win. Um, you know, we matched our physicality. We wanted to kind of carry that momentum from that game, what we did well in that game, and carry that on the field. So the, the combination of the two, I thought um, we were able to. You know, start off on a, on a good foot and and uh, you know continue on with and hopefully get a win. How do you, as a coach, keep your team focused during homecoming week? <laughs> you know, a lot of reminders, a lot of reminders, with notes on lockers, um, anything. You know, just just remember that at the end of the week, what, what this week is about is you win in a game on Friday night, and, and that was our message starting from you know from right away Saturday morning after spring, um, every day after practice. That, that's what we kept in our minds. Coach, uh, tell me about, uh, you know, you talked about just you played well enough the last few weeks to win, and it seems like every uh, week you're right there in a close game. Some go your way, some don't. But an explosive game like this, a 40-6 to win, it, just, it feels like it's been in the works for a long time, that it's been on its way, and it finally happens. No, it feels good. You know, we we felt we still have a lot to prove. You know, we, uh, again, you know, with the start with Iron Mountain week one, you know, um, you know, we, we, Felt we, we played well. We screwed up in that game a couple times. Uh, you know, like you said close game. Calumet lose our quarterback early. Um, you know, we three we get a hard fought win against Calumet, and then we get a, a, a forfeit, and then a loss against Ishmael. So we felt we have a lot to prove still as a team. Um, you know, only with really one technical win uh, under our belts. Uh, so we, you know, we still still feel there's some doubters out there that we need to we need to prove. You know, prove we're a good team and we can and we can play with with anyone right now. How did you feel? How did you feel? Jason Waterman played under center. Last you know night? what? He's, he, <laughs> he kind of reminds you of some some quarterbacks of, of, of Green Bay in the past, where they're just kind of, you know, a Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, maybe not that quality, but just mentality wise, you, you know, quarterbacks are a different breed. You have to be composed. You, you know, you can't you can't get in a moment where you're you're overexcited because then you start you start throwing high, you start you know missing reads. He's like that, and, and he's young still. You know, we've had him for two years now. He's a, actually two and a half probably, but he's he's still a junior, and he's still learning how to control his emotions coming into a, a game like this, a homecoming game where there's a lot of energy and emotion, to, to come out and, and let the game come to him, and, and he's getting there. Once he feels that, he's good. You know, he ran well for us last night with our leading rusher. Uh, we didn't have to uh, count on his arm a whole lot, but he's, he's developing, and he's learning, and it's, and it's a process, and, and uh, I think by the end of his career, he's going to be a pretty good one. Fundamentally, how were you rolling in uh, all three facets of the game? You know, last night I, I thought, you know, we had some great efforts special teams-wise, and that was one thing we focused on last week, especially after giving up a, um, a special teams touchdown against Ishpeming. Special teams was huge for us last week, focused. Jake Sakar came up big. I think he had every tackle and every special team last night. 
Um, you know, kid that works hard. You know, it's good to see him have success last night. Um, but just the leadership right now. Our leadership, you know, we have different kids that are coming to the forefront that are uh, that are leading the team in the right direction. Theo Kumpula, um, through all practice last week, I thought really kind of took charge of our defense a little bit, you know, from his perspective. He's a senior. He hasn't really been in the, in the limelight a whole lot. But um, really, I think in practice, took charge of the defense and got him going in the right direction. And, and offense, offensively, uh, you know, Colin Remelong. You know, we have some kids up front. Colin Remelong um, really come along as an offensive lineman for us that, that you know, is just not necessarily a rah-rah kind of guy in, in that, but he's, he's, give you the, he's giving you what he got in practice and, and leading by example. And, and that's really uh, that's infectious. On defense, holding Lance to single digits, what was the key there? What did you see that people stepped up or what happened there? You know, it was good. Lance, Lance got some good athletes. You know, they really do. I think their quarterback's a good a good athlete. Um, you know, he's hard. He's, he's kind of one of those unibones that's going to run around the backfield and make plays. We've seen enough of those this year for sure. Um, their tailback was a good athlete, you know, and um, it was it was a challenge. I mean, we had to, you know, we, we bent a little bit. We, it, was a, it was a matter of adjusting throughout the whole game. But, um, you know, again, just, just people coming up and making plays for us. Uh, last night, again, Theo Kukla, I think, had a great game for us. Um, Braden Velmer. Uh, in the middle, you know, when they started running full back and, and doing some different things, and and and, and there's, the thing is, these guys are smart, and um, you can tell them adjustments early on in the game, and and keep working with them, and, and they get it, you know, and that's what's kind of neat about this team. Um, we're able to adjust throughout the game, and as they do, and 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 make to make plays and keep them out of the end zone. Coach, what was the biggest takeaway from last night? You're going to build on in practice this week. Oh man, just you know, just. Like you said, um, getting a chance to get a big victory. You know, when we get everybody on the field, you know, coming to practice will be that much easier on Monday. Um, you know, it, it's hard sometimes, uh, especially in close games, you, you might not get the people on the field that you need to get on the field. And last night, having the ability to get everybody on the field, um, you know, kind of a reward for their efforts, um, that, that's great. You know, it's coming Monday, uh, energy's going to be high, you know, going into Gugibic, and, and uh, we're just going to kind of flow with the energy and see where it takes us. I guess, uh, how do you, you know, you guys are looking potentially as a playoff team, you're three and three, are you, you're taking the one game at a time co- approach, I'm guessing, at this point. Well, you have to, because as, as, as soon as you overlook someone, you're going you're gonna to get beat, and then, you're, then your long-term goals are, are, are thrown out. So we have to make sure that, yeah, we, we want to make the playoffs, we want to get to those six wins, we want to, you know, continue to, to be victorious, but also you can't, you can't uh, overlook anybody or, or what you do even on a daily basis. You have to continue to work hard and um, refine the little things that make you a good team. Coach, uh, as always, we appreciate the time. Congrats again on a great win. Enjoy your Saturday. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, that's Paul Jacobson, head coach over at Nagani. His team winners last night by a score of 40-6. to What a great win for those guys. I mean, they uh, I knew they were a good team, and they'd been involved in so many close games for how long? And they finally see it all pay off into one of those blowout victories. I mean, they played well enough that they could easily be better than 3-3. Three and three. So, for me, really nice to see the Miners put it all together last night. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Nagani a couple times now, and they're... <laughs> They're a good team, you know. I watched them in Week One, and they, you know, they should have gotten that game against Iron Mountain. They just gave up a couple big plays that ended up burning them, but we're in control. They're they're a good team. There is a team that you know has the potential to make the playoffs. They're just, you know, they just just need to come together a little bit more. I think they improved. Uh, they didn't look too bad against Ishming. Um, just uh, 
you know, came up a little short, and they're playing an Ishming team that's just clicking they right now. Well now. Yeah, they, 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 they did play well, yeah. Start, and then <laughs> after that, they kind of mashed them blow for blow. Yeah, it, uh, it's a rivalry game, so, you know, <laughs> both teams are pretty up for it. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I see them actually making the playoffs. Sure. I do. I, I, I think uh, I think they at least get to five. Um you know, I think they win next week. I think That's they're gonna win. I think they're gonna win pretty handedly, actually. And um, Houghton. And then Houghton, which, you know, although Houghton's kind of come together the last couple of weeks, you know, out. I uh, I still think they're gonna get. A, I think Nagani should top Houghton there, mm-hmm. and then uh, we'll see. And Westwood <laughs> and in week nine. That, they can yeah. do that, if they can pull, they if they can in, do that, that'll only that be, would be in. A yeah. Win, the way yeah. Westwood is playing. Right. Yeah, that'll be their statement win, and you can really build on that to get in the postseason. I'm not sure. That you know that might happen. That's mm-hmm. three weeks down the road because you know a yeah, happen. a lot can happen in the three week stretch. But uh, if they were to pull that off, that'd be a huge you know boost going into the postseason. So um, I'm intrigued to see how they're going to do down the stretch. Um, they're a good team, and uh, you know I just it's been a little drought since I saw them, so I'm looking forward to seeing them again. Um, last night I was at Ishman Gwen. Our part-timer was at Nagani, so he got a little more up-close look than I did. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I still think they're a good team, and uh, they're, they're not going to be... By the time Westwood faces them in the final week, they're not going to be overlooking Nagani. No, and Nagani's not going to be overlooking Bessemer or Houghton here in the next couple of weeks, because... Like Jake said, you got to take it week by week. Otherwise, that's how you're going to get beat is by overlooking some of these teams. Although, uh, you get two teams in the bottom half of the conference. Uh, say that they can do those, uh, get those two wins. They have, what, a three-game winning streak going into week nine against Westwood. Uh, so five and three with a chance for quality win. Six and three, they're in for sure. Five and four, maybe if they make it close against Westwood, maybe. I don't know. Um, one of their wins is a forfeit, so that could end up hurting them with the selection committee. Uh, I'm just excited to see how this team plays. Uh, you talked about Waterman with Coach. I mean, he's impressive to me. I mean, that kid's young, and he's he's impressive. He's a real deal. Yeah, you know, he had uh, he's had to have some big, you know, big shoes to fill. There's been some pretty good quarterbacks before him, and he was kind of thrown into the fire, <laughs> you know, last year. And uh, but he's, you know, made a lot of improvements. His reads are better. He can scramble well. I mean, he's a good leader all around, and I think that's uh, a very positive for Nagani. I mean, there's some quarterbacks that you wonder, you know, are they going to get the job done when there? And with each week, it appears that Jason Waterman's becoming that guy. If he's not that, if he's not done that already, he's definitely, you know, almost to that point. So really fun night last night for Nagani. They celebrated homecoming with a 40-6 to win over Lutz, and they improved to 3-3 three and three on the season. So a step closer to getting to the postseason. Uh, in all likelihood, probably going to have to win out if they want to do it. Uh, certainly, you know, would be a doable chance the way that they're playing. Uh, we'll see how they do. But I, I'm pulling for them. I'm hoping we can get everybody in Marquette County through to make the playoffs. I don't know if it's realistic that we can get all five through, but it's certainly in the realm of possibility. Yes, and very much so. For. Yeah, it, uh, it, it's there. Mm-hmm. It very well could happen. It could happen. It, uh, it's, it'll be tough because everything needs to come together and everybody's got to be healthy mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But uh, there's the potential. I mean, I can't remember the last time all five Marquette County teams mm-hmm. <laughs> all made it at the same time. So that would be a huge achievement just for the area as a whole. So we've got uh, Gwyn down. We have got Nagani down. 
Uh, we still got three more coaches to interview and to get to. We'll have Jeff Olson of Ishpeming, Scott Sergila of uh, Westwood, and then Dave LaHoulier of Marquette. We'll have all three of those coaches on headset joining us in the studio talking about how their nights went. All three of them should be happy. All of them had wins last night, and uh, they're that much closer to getting into the postseason, getting that magical six wins, one of them actually doing it. So uh, we've got all that and more coming up on the other side of this break. This is the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. So who's next? Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal. Uh, we've got Jeff Olson, the head coach over at Ishpeming, on headset with us. His team clinching a spot in the postseason last night. Coach, as always, thanks for the time. Congratulations on the playoff berth. Thank you. I appreciate it. Coach, well, after uh, I talked to you last night about uh, making the playoffs, and it seems like it's just happy to get that out of the way. Yeah, you know, it, it was... Uh, you know, a common thing for, for many, many, many years. And then the last two years, obviously, we were hit by the injury bug and uh, didn't didn't qualify. So just, uh, you know, getting back to, to, you know, what we used to do and get, getting, uh, you know, getting six wins early is, uh, is, is great for our kids. Well, it was a Gwynn team that uh, had started the season very well. They've been hit by the injury bug a little bit. And their team that, you know, everyone, uh, given where you are right now, they're going to give you their best effort. Uh, it seems a little bit like Gwynn is one of those teams that, you know, is going to do it along with Nagani and Westwood, the backyard teams that uh, maybe have guys that have been on your staff. Uh, but you came out and handled the tempo, controlled the game early. Tell me a little about what you guys did early to set the tempo. Well, yeah, you're, you're right. Gwynn, Gwynn's a little depleted right now with three key two-way starters out but uh i was happy with the kids the way our kids played i thought um i thought we played well in all facets of the game and you know offensively ran the ball well um you know we spread the ball around so it's tough to key on one player but we you know we threw the ball last night which was very encouraging you know we you know people don't understand that um gavin sunberg our quarterback is a dual threat you know he's been gaining chunks and chunks of yards this year and uh, on the ground but you know, it was five for five passing last night with a touchdown, and I, I think 118 yards, and um, you know, threw to three different receivers, uh, which, which was good. Maybe even four. I'm not sure, but um, and then defensively, uh, you know, because they were depleted, they tried to go to the, you know, go to the air and, you know, open it up early and spread us out, and we were able to come up with four interceptions. I think they're all in the first quarter. Um, you know, that was key for us to be able to. To stop their run like we did, but then when they did spread it out and you know put it up in the air, we you know we had great coverage, uh, timed the ball well, and um, you know it was good to see that we played well in all facets of the game. Hunter Smith, you know, can play good at both sides of the ball. I mean, what does he bring to the table for you? Yeah, Hunter's a playmaker, and if you look at um, you know because we spread the ball around, he doesn't get. A ton of carries, but he's averaging over 10 yards a carry, um, you know, on the ground. He, you know, he's one of our top our top receiver that we go to. Uh, you, you know, I think he had one pass reception last night for probably 30-plus yards. And then defensively, he's a lockdown corner. You know, we put him on the best receiver, and then we don't – and he plays man. And, you know, we play a press man with him a lot of times, and, and that's hard to do. But, um, you know, he can do that because of his athletic ability. And he had three picks last night. Um, you know, so, you know, he's, he's a great player to have because he can do a lot of things. 
You know, when you got your four-headed monster in the backfield, what an what an asset that is for you. Yeah, you know, and you know, we spread it around with Gavin Sundberg and Drake Sundberg and Hunter Smith and Matt Trawick. And Matt Trawick had a great game last night. I think he had almost 13 yards of carry, seven carries for 90 yards, uh, and he made some good cuts. He was very patient as a runner and, and followed his blocks and read his blocks well. And um, you know, I think he caught couple passes for us too so uh you know he's a he was a good threat for us last night but i think it's key this year that you know we don't have that one runner that we just rely on we can rely on four and now even five with zach jandrew got in the game last night and, and did a great job well coach you're back in the postseason clinching it with your sixth win last night uh for a few guys this is going to be new territory for them for those who are making their first trip to the playoffs with you, how do you keep them motivated going down the rest of the regular season? Well, you look at the next game. I mean, the next game up is West Iron County, and that's going to be a you know a conference championship game. They're undefeated in the conference, as are we. You know, we're 6-0, and they're 5-1, and so it's uh, that's going to be a huge matchup. So you can't, you have to stay focused, and we've had to do that the last how many weeks with, you know, some of the great teams we played all our, all our crosstown rivals that we played against some great teams, we had to stay focused. So um, it's nothing new. Um, these kids, uh, these kids know know the task at hand. They, you know they have some goals set for the year. So it shouldn't be hard. You know, keeping them focused. Who do you think? Uh, anybody else particularly stepping up for you that uh, really has progressed over the course of the year? Well, I really, you know, I, and I've been saying this a lot in interviews, and they don't get much credit, but our offensive and defensive lines have, you know, you know, they're done well for us, and they improve every week. And, you know, it starts with our center, Jake Kugler, and then Tommy LaFave and uh, Owen Morton and Ty Culpin and Devin Nyman, and you go to our tight ends with a Ben Pruitt and a Chase Jensen, A.J. Martin, and Logan Krulik. You know, those guys have been controlling the line of scrimmage, and you have to do that. Um if you're going to win big games, if you're going to be successful, you know, our backs aren't big. They're small, they're fast, they're quick, they, they're playmakers, but if they can't get to the second level, you know, the people aren't going to see that and they're not going to be able to make plays for us. So, I'm, you know, I'm really happy with, with the way our linemen have played and, and controlled line of scrimmage, especially against some very good teams. Seems like you guys are becoming more and more fundamentally sound. I mean, I've seen you guys block and they're just hitting it at the perfect time. Yeah, you know, that's always a work in progress. And, you know, you're not going to start out the year being perfect. And, and, and we always say this, offensive line play, it's no, it's not a perfect thing. You know, you're not going to be perfect at it. And nobody is. And and you you have to keep improving. You have to keep looking at, you know, your technique, your fundamentals, your blocking schemes. You know, are you making the right adjustments on the line? And, and we keep improving week by week. And, you know, we got some special kids down there that that want to be good, and that you know they really they understand the position where they're not going to get a ton of credit, and that's why I want to, you know, I want to mention their names as, as as often as I can because they're the heart and soul of this football team. Coach, uh, you've been getting special teams to really come up with some big plays for you over the last couple of weeks. Uh, was that the case again last night? Well, no, we didn't have to because um, we were taking care of things offensively, but um, you know. Special teams have been great. Hunter Smith, you know, like we talked about, you know, he's a return specialist, and they call it that, and he is that, and he's had a punt return for a touchdown, a kick return for a touchdown. So, 
you know, he, he, he poses some problems for other teams. But uh, we didn't really have to go to that last night. Uh, uh, but defensively, we did make, like I said, some four turnovers. And, you know, two, the two games before this, we've had defensive touchdowns. And, you know, we didn't have the touchdown last night, but we had some great defensive key, key plays. You know, you're 6-0 and now. I mean, are the guys already getting amped for the postseason, or are they just still, you know, focusing on the next game with West Aaron County? Well, they mentioned it. They pointed it out to me first last night that we qualified, but I think that's, you know, that's where it ends because we have such a, you know, tough ball game coming up this week. So, you know, you can't look ahead, and, and they know that, and I really haven't had to say that to them. You know, they, they fo- they're they focused, and, and that's because of our schedule, you know, the the middle of our schedule, you know, we're in four games into it now on a five-game tough, tough sledding here. That um, you know they're taking it week by week, and that's a cliche. But these kids do it; they understand it; they do it on their own. And and like I said before, you know, they're focused always for the next game. Do you think these uh, tough games are preparing them for what they're going to face in the playoffs, though? No question. You know, you have to have a good schedule. You have to have a strong schedule that challenges you, and you know, people. I think people are, understand now how good Nagani is and, and how good Westwood is. And, you know, like you said, Gwyn, Gwyn's a very quality program. They're just, you know, depleted by injuries. And, you know, you know when you're playing those teams all right in a row and you add in the, uh, you know, the crosstown rival factor, you know, those were tough games as well as, you know, a Norway team who's, who's you know, you know hasn't had the wins that, you know, people thought, but they still are a great football team. So, you know, it really prepares you. It forces you to, to get better. It forces you to be focused in practice. It forces you to have hard practices, and then you learn from those games and, and get better. Coach, as always, we appreciate the time. Congrats again on the playoff win, and we'll talk to you again this week. Sounds good. My pleasure. All right, that's Jeff Olson, the head coach at Ishpeming High School. His team qualifying for the playoffs last night with a 44-8 victory over Gwynn. Uh, talk about dominance. You know, Gwynn is a good program. Let's make sure we can't say that enough. <laughs> yeah, we talked about program, that already, yeah. But they, uh, they're they just depleted right now, and it's just hard to replace key players like what uh, like what they're missing. But that's a good win for Ishpeming. I know things aren't going Gwynn's way right now, but that is a good win, and they are in the postseason, so... Congratulations to the Amatites. They are proving to be one of the best, if not the best, teams in the UP. Yeah, they're uh, they're fun to watch. Um, they got good speed. That, like we talked, you know, Jeff. The offensive line's fundamentally sound. Um, Gavin Sundberg's really showing that he's a good quarterback. I think, you know, Ishming has went through that stretch with their street, with their state championships where they had two really good, um, two really good QBs, um, with Alex Brionis and Izzy Corp. I mean, you can throw in, you know, Jeff's son, Daniel Olson before that, who took them to the state championship there. You know, they were known for having really good quarterbacks, and the injury started to hit them last couple of years, and then Gavin Sundberg has really stepped in and uh, done a good job. He throws a good ball. He can, you know, run an offense well, and he spots openings when he runs, too. Uh, he's he's a, he's not a drop-back passer. He's a guy who uh, can spot where he needs to go. So it's, uh, you know, they're, I think people are starting to notice what he can really do. Is there a quarterback comparison you can make for a guy like Sunberg? It's almost like I don't want to compare anybody to Johnny Manziel, but that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of what he does when he's on the field. He's kind of like a Johnny Manziel. I mean, maybe Cam Newton, but not that big. Maybe no one's that big. 
No, uh, I would say, you know, his, <laughs> he doesn't have the off-the-field problems that Johnny Menzel does. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, on the field, you know, he can move around. He's got some speed. He's got some agility. He can uh, – and College do, Johnny. Yeah, NFL college Johnny, not NFL Johnny. It, uh, he just – he's a guy who can step up when you need a big play. You know, he you know, scored their first touchdown. He scored their second touchdown last night and uh, threw a nice touchdown pass to Chase Jensen, who um, made a nice catch. Uh, There's some wackiness I forgot to mention during that game. There was uh, – <laughs> Some bizarre officiating, because on one of the scores, you know, Ishming scored, but there was appeared to be no single signal from the refs that he was actually in the end zone. It looked like he was short, so they're lining it up from the three-yard line, so we're thinking, okay, he was a little short, maybe he, like, his knee went down or something like that, so, and then they get into the end zone, and then, you know, a couple minutes later, we see there's eight points put up on the scoreboard instead of six. So it turns out the original touchdown that what the original run that we thought was short and didn't count actually did count. And then, you know, the two point conversion actually is what we thought it counted. So it, it was a little weird. Um, and even the guys in the box, you know, the guy keeping the scoreboard was confused by it too. So it, uh, it was a little interesting scenario there. Cause I guess like, Either if they signaled it, they weren't clear with it. <laughs> you know, it's like it was almost like he shrugged his hands up in the air or something to signal the touchdown. It was weird, but uh, you know, if you uh, if you're looking for a kind of a fun little bit that came out of the game, that that was it. Well, Ishpeming back in the playoffs for the first time since 2015. Last thing before we move on. Uh, they have West Iron County next week. That'll be their toughest remaining game. After that, Munising and Bark River Harris. If they win next week, is it an undefeated regular season? Uh, I would say so. I think it's so. I, they're just they're just so good. And uh, I knew they were going to be better this year. I thought they were going to be a playoff team. You know, that potentially could make a run. But they're just, I think, really doing better than a lot of people thought. I mean, I knew with a deeper roster this year that injuries might be aren't going to hurt them. Like, I, you know, I talked to Jeff about he's got that four-headed monster in the backfield with uh, four good runners. So, you know, if one of those guys go down, you know, you have still three guys who can still carry the load. So I think that's a benefit to them. And, uh, you know, they're they're primed for a deep run. I know... You know, some people are getting really excited. Oh, are they going to make it to Detroit? And uh, let's let's keep things reasonable for the time being. <laughs> let's let's have them finish the regular season before we start, you know, talking how far they're going to go in the playoffs. I think there's the potential they could go really far. But you know, like we talked to other coaches, they're you know, it's a cliche, but they're going to go one game at a time and they're going to keep going. So. Ishpeming 6-0 after last night's 44-8 win over Gwynn. We still have two more coaches to get to after the break. We'll talk to Westwood head coach Scott Sergula. His team with a big win last night over Hancock. We'll have all that and more coming up on the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Well, welcome back to the ESPN UP Coaches Show. Danner Hoops in studio with you. Uh, we've got Scott Sergila on headset, head coach from Westwood High School. Coaches always appreciate the time. Congrats on a 46 nothing win last night over Hancock. Ah, uh, thank you. Glad to be here. 
Yeah, so uh, that was a game that we were going into it thinking, this is going to be a good Hancock team. And they were a good Hancock team. I think they still are. Uh, but I think the score wasn't what a lot of people were expecting. Uh, 46 nothing. guys put up 30 points in the first quarter. I uh, never looked back. How important was that hot start to you? Well, uh, I credit our offensive and defensive line. I think they're starting to come around. We've got a couple of younger guys, juniors, that, that are on the line. And, and uh, you know, and Matt Pavel, our center, and uh, Jackson Bidlin, who was, a, who was a guard for us. And uh, they've been getting better every single game. And, uh, um, you know, and then you put those guys along with Sam Gillis and Blake and Hayden and those guys. And um, they've, uh, they did a really good job offensively and defensively last night. Well, uh, you talk about a team like Hancock where they are so uh, fundamentally versatile. Uh, they can pass out of the backfield. You know, they can spread you out and do what they want offensively. Uh, your defense, it was the task for them was to stay home, stay disciplined. Uh, did a pretty good job of it last night. Yeah, they, uh, you know, Hancock makes to cover their entire field. Um, you know, they got a really good quarterback. Uh, they got uh, some really good receivers. Uh, they got some uh, good backs, you know, that they they can run with that they you know they, they they don't line up in a shotgun five wide but just about every single play there's there's five receivers going out uh, and if it's a run play there's four receivers going out so uh they they make you cover the field and um you know you got to stay home and, and read the keys and be disciplined um you know but i thought uh you know to start off the ball game uh eric anderson getting that interception for us uh, you know, kind of, kind of got the ball rolling a little bit, put them in a hole. We got the ball, and we were able to uh, march down. And um, and, uh, and then defensively, they 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 blitz. They, every single play, they're blitzing two, three guys, and stunting and different things like that. And our offensive line picked up those stunts, and um, it, uh, we did a really good job. It was a, it was a great, great win. You talked about uh, the advantages, disadvantages to having a bye week with Manistique forfeiting last week. Uh, the advantages being that you have time to recuperate, rest, and get healthy. Uh, disadvantages is, you know, the guys want to be out there playing, and uh, it's an opportunity missed to, you know, get better every week. Uh, so the big question last night was how the guys would respond from something like that, whether, you know, they might come out with a little rust or if they were going to be anxious to get on the field for the first time in two weeks. And certainly it was the latter, and they showed it right away. Yeah, you know, you're you're. It's always uh, you're not quite sure. I think every team's different a little bit um, that you coach. But uh, the situation that we were in with, uh, you know, uh, Nathan Beckman being hurt, and you know, and he wasn't the only one. I mean, we were we had little things, and you know, it was that time of year, and um, you know, we only we, we got a few kids out too that uh, you know we should be hopefully getting Troy Anderson back here pretty soon from a broken arm. And, uh, you know that's going to help create a, uh, create depth, and um, you know, but we're not very deep, and uh, you know we have we have players on our team that uh, can play two, three, four positions, and uh, you know, one player, and I'll just give an example is Garrett uh, Mann, who's a sophomore who we brought up, and uh, does one heck of a job for us at inside linebacker. Um, sometimes he can play tight end. Sometimes he plays wing. Sometimes he plays fullback. Um, but he was would have been the junior varsity quarterback, and uh, we're starting to work him in more uh, to that quarterback role uh, with the varsity. We're just trying to ease him into it. Uh, you know, he came in last night. 
uh, in the second half and, and, you know, commanded our offense and did a really good job for us. But uh, taking that week off, it, I'll be honest, just for us, at that moment, it couldn't have come at a better time. We were a little banged up. Uh, we were able to get a little uh, healthy again and, and uh, hopefully uh, stay healthy moving forward. Well, Coach, let's talk about your second team because man was making plays even in the first half, recovering that fumble on special teams. But then your second team comes in and they get quality minutes in the second half. It's not just running the clock out with four minutes left in the fourth quarter. And they play well for you. You have Heighton and carry the ball for about 60 yards. And some of those guys are out there. They're making real plays for you. I mean, you're showing that you've got depth with this team. Yeah, it, it's and, and those kids are coming along. You know, you, you have a... Uh, uh, a kid uh, like Eli Lokla, who, you know, it, he's a sophomore. We had to bring him up. Uh, he, he's a big kid, and, you know, he's just a sophomore, but he's, he's still learning. And, uh, you know, but he's behind guys like Sam Gillis and Blake Hewitt, you know, or, who are two really good linemen. He's getting good practice experience, but, man, you want to you wanna try to get him in that game. I mean, that's, that's why they play football. They don't want to be, you know, uh, standing on the sidelines. They want to try to get in the game and, and and, uh, you know, try and perform. And, uh, you know, kids like that came in and did well. And, you know, Dakota Rada is another one who came in and, and, and did well for us. And I was really happy with our second team. I, I really was. Because uh, in the third quarter when we had our second team in, they still had all their starters. In. And uh, so Hancock didn't have a lot of players either. So I understand why, why you know, he wants to get, get better as well. And I understand that. But, um, you know, we were still moving the ball and, and uh, just kind of running our – our, our big stuff, and uh, with all those blitzes that Hancock does, I thought our kids, um, you know, even our second unit too, that really picked up those blitzes and, and uh, did one heck of a job. On your team, uh, get some quality minutes from just about everybody, get a quality win last night. Uh, last thing, your line of scrimmage, uh, I mean, you controlled it, and you shouted out to Coach Wilgen and the offensive line coach last night. Uh, but you have 356 yards coming on the ground, only had to pass one time last night, and hold them to about 38 yards, something like that. Uh, the line of scrimmage control has been great, improving week to week, and that's the cliche you want to do. But those guys took a big step here from the uh, last time you took the field two weeks ago to now. Uh, we're excited to continue to see them making strides. Yeah, it, um, you know, Coach Wilgenen, uh, you know, he's been with me for, you know, when I was at Ishraming, him and I were the JV coaches. And uh, then uh, when I got hired at Westwood uh, four years ago, he came up with me. And, you know, he's been our staple line coach. He, uh, he He's very, very intelligent. Uh, very, very uh, he's a technical coach. You know, we don't have a big line. It, uh, you know, our, our biggest kid is, is probably Blake Hewitt, and you know, on a good day, he's probably 230 pounds possibly. Um, Van Gillis, who uh, arguably might be the best lineman in the Upper Peninsula, is 210, 215 pounds, and uh, he's, he's, you know, those are two guys right there. Uh, that are that are really good. That have worked at it. That have worked with Coach Wilgen in, um, you know. But I'm also proud of our other parts of our D line too, Aiden Man and, and uh, Matt Pavel and Jackson Bidlin, uh and all the other guys that came in last night. A kid like Anthony Cubio came in at center in the second half. Uh, he's been sick the whole week, and you know I tell you what, the kid's five nine, 155 pounds, but he's a tough kid uh, and uh, steps right in and. Uh, you know, that helps create that, you know, and it, uh, um, kids get excited for it, and, uh, you know, it, uh, we're looking forward to next week, too. 
Coach, as always, appreciate the time. Congrats on the win, and we'll talk again this week. All right, sounds good. Thank you. That's Scott Sergila, head coach at Westwood High School. His team improves to four and two with a forty-six to nothing win over Hancock last night. A very happy homecoming for Westwood High School. We have still got one more coach to go. We'll talk with Dave Lahoulier of Marquette. His team winners last night. They take over the driver's seat in the Great Northern UP Conference. All that and more is coming up as we continue on with the ESPN UP Coaches Show. Welcome back to the ESPN UP Coaches Show. Tanner Hoops joined by Ryan Steeg. Delighted that you're with us on this Saturday morning. And we are joined by Marquette head coach Dave LaHoulier. His team winners last night, 21-20 over Kingsford, taking over the driver's seat in the great Northern UP Conference. Coach, congrats on a great win. Yeah, thanks. It sure was. Uh, we've been making it exciting the last couple weeks, that's for sure. Coach, uh, Kingsford went for two, and you guys made a big stop. I mean, what did it take to come together on that play? Well, you know, I... The big thing is I kind of had an idea was going to, you know, go for it. He kind of had all the momentum. Um, made two big drives in the, in the fourth that, uh, you know, we had a couple of miscues on that we didn't capitalize on. And, uh, you know, but, I, again, I just can't be more proud of our, our guys that uh, are coming up with a big stop at the end. Um, you know, they called three timeouts, trying to decide what play they want to run. It's the same formation. They went uh, one time they had it left, the other time they had it right. So we had a couple different, uh, we had an outside backer, Bo Zorzer, who had to kind of play a little bit both run and pass out of a trip look, and he did a great job of making the big stop at the, at the one-foot line. So that was huge for us, obviously. It's kind of giving you flashbacks of the Escanaba game? Uh, yeah, but, uh, again, it basically came down to uh, to one play at the end, and then all we had to do was, uh, you know, kneel down three times after that and and be able to uh, to be able to steal the win. So that was uh, great for our guys, and uh, obviously, like you said before, kind of, keeps us going in, in, in the conference and, and keeps us going with our playoff open live, I guess. Did you expect them to go for two? Uh, yeah, I guess I did, yeah. I mean, it was it was fourth and, uh, or no, excuse me, it was uh, second and goal from the five, and uh, they kind of ran the same formation. And, uh, you know, Luke Carrion probably carried the ball 30-plus times last night. I didn't get the final stats what he had, but, you know, he was uh, obviously part of their offense, having him back for him. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a big, tough young man that uh, it's hard to take down. You know, it takes more than one guy usually to take him down, but Bo did, and uh, like I said, he had the momentum scoring with about a minute and a half to go, and uh, like I said, I wasn't surprised that he went for two. Coach, uh, you talked about last week that uh, the first half wasn't good against Petoskey. got off to a slow start. Last night was the opposite, and you get off to a hot start. How important was that for you? Oh, it was great for us. You know, we just, again, watching the film this morning. Um, you know, we had a great first drive. Our second drive, our first drive, we had a pick, but then we picked them off on, on their first drive to get the ball back and had a couple nice uh, nice plays, uh, both throwing and running. And, um, you know, Ethan had a big big third down conversion on the bubble pass, and then Colin Hicks had a huge pass reception to get us down uh, near the goal line. And um, we had a great push on, on fourth and goal for two. We went for it, and uh, our offensive line did a great job pushing. And, Ethan Hayes did a great job of fullback and rebox for Brady, and that was a big, uh, big start for us to get that first score. You guys started off 0-2. What does it take to come together and now be at 3-3? and Did you guys just, you know, have a group session, or what do you think it took to no, get? No, 
like I said, I've kind of said this all year. Just, we got a great bunch of young men. They, they really are. They, it, like I said, it didn't matter if we were two and two when we came back and won those next two, or we were zero and two. Guys came to practice ready to work every day, worked hard to get themselves better, studying film and doing all the things the right way. And uh, like I said, it's just a great group of young men that you know find a way to persevere. How's Ethan Martis doing? Uh, he banged his shoulder pretty good last night, but. Uh, I told him he could take a couple of days off and then be ready to go on Monday, but <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully everything's okay. But I think, uh, you know, I think he'll be all right. Gotcha. Now you're in the driver's seat in the conference, sitting at two and zero. Still got work to do and taking care of business. So how do you keep the guys uh, focused on the task at hand? And you know, our guy, like I said, our guys have done a great job this year of not getting, uh, not getting too high, not getting too low after losses. Um, you know, kind of a, a very even keel type of. They have a football team that just, uh, you know, like I said, just goes to work and, and does what they're supposed to do. And, you know, we've got great, a great group of seniors that are, are leading this team, and, and the juniors are, uh, are really stepping up and, and, and making some plays. So, like I said, it's a great mix of kids, and, and they've just done a, a fantastic job this year. Now you got a Wisconsin team. What do you know about them? They're 2-5, uh, they're and, and, you know, the hard thing is we played them the first time last year, and the score got kind of, uh, you know, a little bit out of hand. We beat them pretty good in the Dome. Um, but they had a, a ton of injuries last year. And, uh, you know, so we, we certainly can't take the team lightly over those two and five. They're playing a pretty tough conference. And, uh, again, their scores have been really close. And, uh, but they're, they're a ball spread team. They throw the ball all over the field. And, uh, you know, they're, they want to put you in, in four and five wide a lot and, and uh, you know, try to spread you out and, and try to hit the team. Is it hard to prepare for a team like that, even though you already played them last year, just because they're from out of state, or is it just kind of dealing with the hand you've been dealt? No, it's again we we do a film exchange. You get the, the previous two games, you you know have a pretty good idea of what they're going to do. And like I said, we don't play them last year. We have a good idea. And it, with teams now, it's so many teams are in shotgun right now that you know it doesn't matter. You know, TC Central's in shotgun all the time. St. Francis was in shotgun half the game. Kingsford's in the shotgun set every single play. Um, you know, or Kingsford and Eskew both are both, you know, a lot more shotgun stuff. So, really, that's kind of the way the, the game has, has gone a little bit. So, it's, uh, you know, seeing a team with that type of style offense isn't, isn't anything different anymore. Coach, as always, we appreciate the time. Congrats again on a great win, and we'll look forward to talking again this week. All right, thanks, guys. That's Dave LaHoulier, the head coach at Marquette High School. His team winners last night, 21 to 20 in what could be that conference championship. So congratulations to the Redmen. Big-time win. They're 3-3, three and three and they're right back in it after a slow start. Yeah, it, uh, Marquette's an interesting team. They're, you know, they, they start off 0-2. They did that last year. You know, they just they always kind of get behind the eight ball, you know, at the start of the year. But they tend to kick it to gear after a while. And, uh, you know, I watched them play the suit. They looked good there. They had that really awesome exciting win over esky that uh <laughs> i saw people talking to me about at the ishman game they were like you were at that game that must have been a lot of fun so yeah it was they're uh you know they're three and three um you know they could very easily had a better record even mm-hmm. i think if they had just <laughs> not run into that buzzsaw you know those first two weeks they're uh they're good on offense they're good on defense they got a good kicker a lot of teams don't have a kicker up here, so it's a very uh, a, yeah a luxury for uh, Marquette. But uh, yeah, I if they can get in, you know, and I think there's a very distinct possibility mm-hmm. there, they could actually make some noise uh, there. 
I, you know, this is, I mean, they've been hit hard by injuries the last couple of years, but I think this is uh, one of the better teams I've seen, you know, since I've been up here. Ryan, as always, thanks so much for stopping in. Appreciate it. We look forward to having you on again soon. All right. Thanks. That's Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal. Once again, this has been the ESPN UP Saturday Morning Coaches Show. Don't forget to catch us again Friday afternoon, 3 and 5, sandwiching the sports pen on ESPN UP. Until then, I'm Tanner Hoops, and enjoy your weekend. <laughs>